Hey, we're on episode 14. Welcome back, JK Moto. This is a motorcycle podcast for the average everyday motorcycle rider that may or may not go to the racetrack. If you don't, check out episode two. Go to the racetrack. This week, we're talking about Moto America at the Ridge Motorsports Park. Let's Moto roll that intro. America. Huh? I like me some Moto America. Moto America is good. It's always good. All right, roll the intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in sick. back we're back <laughs> live <laughs> we are live i beat you to kind it of. you did you got me there <laughs> are we live though yes we're live I don't, we're not live i mean i like i'm looking up on the screen and it says we're live but for everyone listening and watching we're literally not live i'm alive okay alive very different than live now here's an idea though how about a live show we could even do the like call in, you know, you call me and I'll call your wife and wish her a happy motorcycle day or something. Is that something I used to do on like talk radio in the morning? Oh, you're showing your age again. Yeah. I'm I read old. about that in a history book. People still do that. People still do that. They say, do people Hey, this is so-and-so from Bob. I just heard one the other day, actually. I, I heard one the other day. It was some some guy's wife was having a birthday, and so he called the radio station and told them so, to hold, they, they worked hold, out. What? Hold, you were listening to to the radio the other day. Yeah, man. So who's the old one now? You can still listen to the radio. It's been a year since I've listened to the radio, at least. <sighs> it was probably only because my phone was dead or didn't have service. Yeah, well, sometimes you got to have culture. <laughs> so. <laughs> So this guy, okay. let me finish here. Yeah, all right. Sorry. This guy, he had the radio station call his wife and say, hey, your husband wants to, you know, wish you a happy birthday. You've just won tickets to, I don't know, it was some cruise that took you to some place she absolutely didn't want to go. And then additionally, you get to bring along your friends. And it listed like a bunch of their neighbors that she didn't like. And mm -hmm. so she's trying to be nice on the radio, trying to turn it down. You know, she wanted to kill him, but she thought she just won this thing. That's absolutely not what she wanted to do on her birthday. Those kind of things. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Good 90s fun, you know? 90s. Yeah, I remember the 90s. I know you don't, you. but it's back when the world was round and things worked out all right. And motorcycles ran on gasoline and gasoline only, or a mixture absolutely. of gasoline and oil. Absolutely. They're going to run on gas forever, like crap. though. Can we talk about e-bikes for like... A split second. I guess. I never mind. We don't need to. I don't even want to bring it up. Nope. <laughs> don't add. Along those same lines, though, did you see this week that Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, and Yamaha all announced this partnership? They're all going to work together on a hydrogen bike. Hydrogen? Yep. Motorcycle? Yep. Hydrogen is extremely explosive. Yep. I guess so is gasoline but in a different way yeah hydrogen is kind of scary explosive yeah gas just kind of burns your house down but hydrogen levels your neighbors and your house yeah it's like it blows up rather than just burns down yes well they're gonna do that and i i just always have to keep laughing because why would you even open that door i mean bmw's done the same on the car side why would you even keep opening that door if you have full confidence in electric? They don't have full confidence in electric. No one ever has. That's what I'm saying. Even, all right, we're not going down that road. No. What about another road? We could go to like a more curvy road because the electric road is obviously straight to the electric station where you charge and wait for hours. <laughs> yeah, but it gives you time to get some Taco Bell. Just saying. Taco Bell? Of all restaurants for one. Taco Bell? Listen, I don't know what you are going to do being quite younger than me, but... I can see the end. Mm -hmm. My road can finish with gasoline. You're going to have to sort that out after I'm gone. My road will finish with gasoline. I'll tell you <laughs> what the end is going to look like. You go watch Mad Max, the latest, the new one. That's going to be us. The new last one that's few, like 10 years old? Yeah. When the you first mentioned few, it, I'm thinking of the one that's like 30 years old. <laughs> the last few gasoline-using outlaws. 40 years old. The Daytona 500 will turn back into smuggling. But not moonshine. It'll be gasoline. I like it. We use electric cars to smuggle gasoline back and forth to each other to hold underground racing. You know, I might actually plan on living a little longer because that sounds like a good time. It would be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. 
But I mean, you've said it before, like Moto E, you're watching and you can hear when they wreck. Oh, yeah, because there's because you can't hear the bikes. Yeah, the announcers will be talking and you'll just hear this metal on asphalt. A sound you've never heard before because you never hear a MotoGP bike crash. No, because you're busy. You can barely hear the freaking commentators half the time because you get the freaking in the background, you know? Wow, it should be. Yeah, absolutely. America, even if it's European. Yeah, yeah, America. (laughs) Over there across the pond with all these Japanese and European bikes, not a single American manufacturer in the sport or rider. Speaking of America, did you see my shirt? Honda. You know why I wore this shirt? Because it's not American. Because I want to ask Honda nicely. I want to ask them nicely to come back to Moto America. When were Please. they in Moto America? When did they leave? So they got screwed over back when American Racing first took a dive. Okay. They were always they were always part of the AMA, the motorcycle racing series. Some bad things happened before Moto America took ownership. Mm-hmm. And they took their toys and went home and said they would never come back. But Moto America has turned things around. Moto America is a different company. U.S. racing is being run by different corporations. It's Mm -hmm. growing. It's competitive. Mm -hmm. Let's get a couple Hondas out there with factory sponsorship. Come on, Honda. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. Why don't you own a Honda yet? Because you want to know why? Honda, if you're listening, you know why. Sometimes I got more... there's not a V4 uh, in it? No, you remember you were with me. We we finally found a dealership. Wouldn't let you use your card or whatever? No, that's a different story. Okay. I don't own a Honda motorcycle. I own a lot of Honda other things. Yep, true. But you do own one Honda motorcycle. Oh, that's true. Which? That's true. Stay Watch tuned. for that on an upcoming YouTube video. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Probably a couple of months, month or two. But yeah, that'll be good. We were in Washington together and... We heard that there was a Fireblade CBR 1000 Triple R R R R R R. There you go. Yeah. Our, our, you know, our next T-shirt R. is going to say, say it's just going to be R on the back. All <laughs> all R's. Well, that's insert, what the Jixxer shirts are like. already have. And then R. So you remember we went in that dealership and they had a brand new Yamaha R1 and they had a brand new Fireblade R R R R R R R. And I told you, I'm going to buy that bike. Let's go check that out. I'm going to buy that bike. Mm-hmm. And I walked yeah. in there. This is not Honda's fault, but this is that dealership's fault, mm-hmm. which I don't remember what they were called. But I'll call them out if you want. If you want to leave them out of it, we'll leave them out. We'll leave them out. If Honda calls and wants to know who it is so that they can punish them. All right, Honda. You call me. You let me know. I'll call them out. I'll give you the deets. Yeah. I walked in there. You, you know, I damn well buy any bike I want in there. I walked in there. I'm like, I want to sit on this bike. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You can sit on that Yamaha R1. R1. Don't you? you couldn't yeah. sit on the R1M. That's true. Right? Because they had the R1M and the RRRRRRRRRRRRRRSP. And you couldn't sit on either of those. I was one that day. I didn't ever need to test drive it. But I want to throw a leg over and see if my inferior leg length had any chance of, you know, being comfortable on that bike. And no, 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 no. So we left and they got a no sell. Somebody probably bought it as a holdover two years later when they couldn't sell it. So I went there two years later with a buddy of mine who was trading in a street triple looking at a Harley Davidson 883. What do you know? The street triple had a weird clutch. I think it was just that street triple, but he was telling me, he's like, dude, I can't ride this. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I just keep stalling it. And I was like, well, you know, feather the clutch. He's like, yeah, it's just weird. Brand new rider, right? Never been on another bike. I was like, all right, we could go. Let's go check out some other bikes, right? I was riding it and I was like, oh, this clutch is weird. Like it had a different grab point every time. Also, the bike had been put down. So the, uh, I didn't notice until I was riding it to the dealer, but the, the shocks were bent, right? Your handlebars were kind of like, but this wheel was still straight. That makes sense. So you're kind of sitting there like, you know, and it's just not, I may or may not have one of those in my stable, as you know, enough said, we don't need to bring that up at all. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I was like, yeah, let's go ahead. You're right. Let's go check something out. Right. Picked up a 883, um, which he cracked me up because he was, I, I wrote it back for him. You know, he drove us down there or drove down there and I wrote it back to his place for him. And before we left, he's like, you good? You going to be good on that thing? I was like, I don't know if you realize that like this is a, I have one of these in my garage. Yeah, I'm good. I ride it to work. 
every other day, you know, like good to go. But anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, that dealer. That was the same dealership. And the RRRR was still there? It was still there. Yeah. 100%. Overtaken a little bit because they turned into a big like gas gas dealer and Indian. They, I, I don't know. They like branched out all directions at once. They're used and then they have Yamahas and Hondas, but then they have a whole freaking Indian side, which is what was my like first up close and personal with Indian baggers. Ugly. And then, yeah, the, uh, the RRRRR. Oh, and they had a freaking, uh, Triumph rocket. Rocket 3 with the, like, whatever freaking engine that is. That so has. you realize that we changed the whole, that day not only changed, you know, my life, but apparently it changed their life because they were probably like, you know, we can't sell these things. Little did they know they could have sold it right there that day. And then they would have ordered three more of them because they would have been like, man, these things are selling like hotcakes. But the trick was don't judge a person. Just let them throw their damn leg over the bike. If they got yeah. four kids with them and they're trying to throw the kids on the bike, then I can see you stopping because I don't want to buy one that's had some kids feet all over. Yeah. What's crazy is uh, I went down to buy my Aprilia at a Ducati dealer in Oregon, Portland. Yep. I could have done whatever I wanted in that dealership. They didn't care. They had brand new V4 R's. S's, SP2s, whatever. Don't care. I'm pretty sure the dealership you went to, said Ducati dealership, mm -hmm. is the number one Ducati dealership on the West Coast as well. Yeah, and I, and I bought a used Aprilia, which is... What you gonna do? <laughs> hey, they had it. I took it. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, that's where uh, Hannah, I want to say her name is, which she raced this weekend at the Ridge. Kayla? Hannah. Kayla Yakov? Nope. Definitely a different person. Race on the this weekend only Honda Ducati in the Hooligan huh. series race. I didn't see. I didn't yep. see that. Let me find that real quick. Now that we're since we're here, Super Hooligans race one results. Did she race baggers also? No, Hannah Johnson Ducati Ritual Racing Moto Corsa. So Moto Corsa is that dealer. She is the. She works there. I don't know if she owns it, part owns it, whatever. Don't know. Nice lady. Sponsored sponsored by half sold me the bike she was the one that i like interfaced with at the dealership if you will that's what you kids call it nowadays well i didn't sign the paperwork with her but she was the one like yeah hey here's your bike they're gonna go wash it because it looks gross and i was like it does kind of look gross and i was like is this thing gp shift she was like mm, i don't think so and i got out in the lot or got out on the bike it wasn't really a lot it was just in front of the dealer and i uh i made the mistake of putting in a gear with the kickstand down which what happens when you put a bike in gear with its kickstand down unless it's a Harley, then it doesn't care. It shuts off. So it shut off. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. I look like an idiot. I just bought this $21,000 whatever motorcycle. I look so dumb. And she said, hey, cutie, do you need help with the clutch? No, she was gone. No one cared. I looked up and I was like, oh, good. Everyone's gone. And then I looked down and I'm like, two. What does that two mean? Click down. N. Ooh. Or click, I guess, click up. I don't remember. Anyway, it was GP shift. And I was like, huh. They lied to me. GP would be up for neutral and up for first and then down for second. Yeah, that so way. I would make a bunch of fun of you, except one time years ago mm -hmm. at, at a track day mm -hmm. when I still had a kickstand. Yeah. I had the kickstand down, got done taking the bike. And, you know. Have you done a track day without a kickstand yet? Yeah, man. An actual, just a track day? Yeah, man. Okay. Sure. So. <laughs> I thought there was, I thought you didn't take the kickstand off till you went to get your license. Yeah, because I always like making fun of you, because unless you're serious racing, I think you should leave your damn kickstand on your bike, because... You can't put a belly pan on without a fr with a freaking kickstand on. I understand, but when... When, when you, you have many... oil actively leaking out of your motorcycle, which I may or may not have done, only did that in Mexico, never in the United States, the United States racetrack. But if you have oil actively leaking out of your motorcycle, you need a belly pan. Can't have belly pan with kickstand kickstand gotta go right but you know how i mean come on depending on how serious you're taking the racing just an yeah. opinion but depending on how serious you're taking the racing i'll drag a kickstand around the track with me for the ease of not having to have someone there with your stand when you get back yeah or just you pop the thing down when you go to tech you can step off the bike and talk to your friends and especially those tracks where you have to haul your suit also i mean that's fake news if the shit. track tells you to bring your suit to tech just say no <laughs> They're not going to stop you. I promise they'll just tech you anyway. They'll be like, do you have a suit? And you'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, okay, cool. Good to yeah, go. Yeah, if you see me show up out there in a flannel and some jeans, you go ahead and stop me. <laughs>
Should we get into Moto America at some point, or are we just gonna kind of keep going? Well, I was having fun with this, but I was too. We, but we I talk keep about some. I keep wanting to talk about the Ridge. I don't really care to talk about Moto America right now. I just want to talk about the Ridge. Okay, before we get into it, then let me ask you a question. Okay, question. Watching Ridge. Moto America. Watching, but but not talking about Moto oh. America. How bad did it hurt your heart watching those bikes go around that track that is normally beautiful but a little bit brown at the moment? So that's normal for June, July. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Washington is interesting because they're the evergreen state until you look at anything other than evergreen trees in the middle of summer. Because it just they don't water, right? You live up there and you find out that no one has sprinklers. And no one waters. And so for two months out of the year, everything's just brown. They're like, oh, we got the evergreens. Work it to go. Who cares? It's not enough. That weirded me out. The entire time I lived there, that weirded me out. Last year, I went and watched Moto America live at the Ridge. That was awesome. Something about the way Jake Gagne goes into turn 11 through the kink between 10 and 11. He takes the kink, which is a right hand, before you get a hairpin left. He is set up to take his hairpin left while he's doing a right-hand kink, if that makes any sense. So he's got his bike leaned all the way, like, out here while he's setting up to do the next turn. It's weird. You got to see it in person. I tried to watch for it today while watching the race and yesterday. Never saw it. But in person from the grandstands, you can, like, see it perfectly. The way he does that, never seen any other rider do it. Literally not another person on Moto America. All the track days, like, never seen anyone else do that. But I guarantee that saves him time right there. It was sad. I would, Yeah. Um, I know you. I know you were sad because I was a little bit sad. So I assumed you were like twice as sad, dude. I we got to get back up there. That track. So one, it's my first race track. It's your first race track, right? So that's, that's got to hold a spot in the heart. And for me, it was my home track for for two to three years. See, you're wiping away tears right there. I see it. <laughs> I see that. You yeah. can't lie to me. I'm getting a little emotional. Yeah, but no, like. I, I just kept thinking, like, I'm watching him, and I'm watching... I literally watched Josh Heron today. I was I caught myself, because I'm paying attention to his uh, on, the, on the gas, and then off on the brake. And then on the gas, off on the brake, on the gas, right? And where he's doing that, and I was like, man, he held that so long. He was on the brakes, like, all the way into turn six, and then he finally got on the gas again, like... At the apex, he's back on the gas. I always mess that up, right? I always break way too early and then get on the gas way too soon in turn six. And then I was like, dude, you ain't been to the ridge in like a year. You ain't going back. Chill out. But yeah, that, it was that it track was a is sad. almost that track is almost as far possible from you. That's the farthest track from you in the United States. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, because technically there's a racetrack in Alaska. Is that it's in the like, book? Okay. Okay. Look it up. It's in the I'll book. I'll look it up. I didn't Maybe realize they had a road course. I know they got a drag strip and an old. There, yep, there is a road course up there. If they do motorcycle track days anymore, I don't know. But they were in the book, which means they were on a list at some point. So. Well, I think I'm going to be up there in a couple weeks. You trying to do a track day? Maybe. Why not? Maybe I'll look into that. If I can rent a bike up there, maybe I'll go hit an Alaska okay. track Yeah, rent, renting a bike, sure. Yeah, I That was going to be my reason. I was airplane like, with me. Yeah, not quite worth taking a bike up there, but. I might give me one of those beginner R3 bikes. Man, speaking of airplanes, I got to know, right? I'm about to head out to your place here in a couple days. Um, this episode's coming out Monday when I'm actually flying back. Or No, sorry. Episodes come out Wednesday. The Wednesday while we're there? Yep. Wednesday while I'm there. Anyway, I know how I'm going to do it, but I'm curious to those of you that might fly with racing gear how you do it let me know in the comments or hit us up on instagram i am actually curious uh this is my first time now you came out here but you just had a race suit shipped out here because you needed one out here i'm gonna leave mine in utah but i'm just like man that's a lot of room in a suitcase which i guess if you're just racing that's one thing but we're doing like a race slash vacation so very curious to see what uh what what everyone else does so let us know in the comments that guy on the airplane with all the stuff well i've got the sweet little helmet bag i think it'll do well let's get the helmet and the gloves in there and then my suit and boots will be uh they'll be in the suitcase in the belly of the plane i hauled my helmet on the plane when i went out to your house the one i brought out yeah you wore it through security yeah like a badge of honor and they said, you got to take that off, sir. Weird. That's crazy. Yeah, we got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah. 
Or we got yeah. some fun stuff that'll already have happened by the time you read this. Or uh, this. Well, yeah, will have already happened, but we shouldn't have it out anywhere just yet. But I agree. Got some fun stuff coming up. We will have already have done it, but we haven't done it yet. And you haven't seen it yet. So just know that it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm stoked, man. The brick. I'm excited to uh, to put Germany in their place. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just walked away from the brick. I was out there polishing on her about an hour ago. She's ready. Well, I, I appreciate that, and she better be ready, and I'm glad you polished up. A, I hope you polished a great spot right on the tail so you can see the reflection of your BMW in it, because that's what's coming your way. I hope you know that. You ain't getting us on the straight. It's always been there in the past, but there's something. <laughs> I haven't even seen this bike yet, and I can tell you right now, Listen, across if the I can't, country. If I can't get the Evo on the straight, then I'm done. There is, is a connect, there is a connection between me and that bike, and once I get there, it's over. Well, as stated, this will have already happened by the time you watch this, so if that happens, you're welcome. This is your last episode. Done. <laughs> Walking. It's over. It'll just be me. Well, what hey, let us know in the comments. What do you think? Actually, so in the past, I've been on a Jixxer 750. He's been on an S1000RR. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Generally, I can at least catch up to you, if not pass you in a turn. It's been a while since we've been on the track together on bikes like that. But in the past, that was where it was at. Now I'm coming back to your home track. You're racing this year. Uh, I've been listening to your lap times and whatnot. You've definitely stepped it up a notch. I haven't been there in a minute. And I'm on a completely new motorcycle. But that new motorcycle is a 2012 brick Ducati 848 Evo. And so, Ducatis win everything. Have you not noticed? I yeah, mean, they're yeah. winning. They take over the world. Even in 2012, they were winning everything. Yamaha? <laughs> uh, Question mark? Anyway, let us know in the comments what you think. Who's actually going to take it? Is it going to be the same as last time where he takes me in the... Or, yeah, takes me in the straight. I take him in the turns. Is he just going to take me for good now because he's racing and he took it up that notch? Or does the Ducati have something that no one knows about and me and that bike are going to connect and send it to freaking beyond? I don't know. I don't even know. I've switched my mindset, though. I hope you're ready. I have a whole new freaking mental game going on. It, it's it's coming. It'll be funny if when you go home, when you get back home, if you, like, pop a for sale sign on the 750. That's not happening. You're like, no more Jixxers for me. I'm a brick boy now. It's not happening. I might buy another brick, but uh, <laughs> the 2008 Jixxer 750 has been my dream bike since I was 15 years old. Now, that being said, while the 848 Evo was never officially a dream bike, the first time I ever Googled the words bullet bike and like, I think that was like my first Facebook profile picture was a Ducati A48 Evo, which I got a lot of crap for back in the day because people were like, are you a transformer? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just like motorcycles. But that was the bike, right? Like when I thought bullet bike back in the day, that was it. All jokes aside, all the like current reviews, whatever, the brick, the fact that it can't handle, it's a Ducati from pre-2021 when they finally figured out handling. All of that aside, I am actually very excited to ride this motorcycle. So I hope you're ready to see a lot of taillights going down the street. Yeah, By that, well, I mean a lot of tape on taillights. Yep. Well, but, there, is two, you know. there is two of them. So there you go. I won't be able to see them through the dual exhaust on that thing. Termigoni. Yes. Yep. Okay, Moto America. Is it time? It's it's time, but I can keep go going. Big, before we go into the big boy races, did you see? No, I, I'm, you didn't, I didn't see what happened no. to Rocco Landers. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Rocco, Rocco Landers is stock one thousand. No twins. Twins. Okay. Yep. I don't twins. Rockalon Landers was racing a 600 last year. You know, sometimes you got to pay to play in mm -hmm. Moto America because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of money in it. Rocco's one of those kids with uh, a lot of talent and no money to back him. Okay, gotcha. So he's he's struggled to find a ride this year, which is just crazy because he's been racing since he was a wee little lad. And he wins. I mean, he's good. The guy's good. Arguably more talented than more talented than half the field that he's racing against, but he's the one that can't get sponsorship. That's right. not how it works in a top tier class. Yep. But that's how it works with him. So 
this year he did not have a ride to start the year. There was an injury in Twin Cups, and they asked him to come fill in. He came to fill in, and he's been unstoppable. He's dominating these guys in Twin Cups by lots of seconds. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of... On an RS660, looks like. Yep. So Moto America, we have two races, right? On Saturday... Hang on, by 11 seconds? Uh-huh. He's killing them. <laughs> he's been killing them, and they... Whoa. They, like, don't want to remove him back from the bike now because he's he, he's not leading the championship yet because he missed the first couple rounds, but he's, right. he's coming. Yeah. Well, let's... Can we... Let's pause on Rocco Landers for half a second. 11 seconds. That's a bit. That's a lot. Yeah. When you When you watch racing and someone's coming through the TV to you into a corner, and as he leaves that corner, like, leaves your screen in Moto America, right? What do you have, a 3D TV? I don't have that. As he leaves your screen, sorry, as he leaves your screen and the other guy enters, that's usually, like, maybe two to three seconds. 11 seconds between first and second place. That means you could not see second place if you're following... Rocco Landers around the track. Just want to get that out there real quick. Well, funny part, he did an extra lap today. After the race? He ran through the checkers and just kept going. <laughs> and the commentators were like, did he not see the checkers? I don't think he knows it's over. Because he was still like head under the bubble rolling. Mm-hmm. And when they interviewed him afterwards today, he's like, he's like, I just wanted one extra victory lap. I wanted to win the race twice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so well, yeah because he he lapped two people so technically he won and then he also took the checkers from the two people that he lapped yeah dude what a legend yeah that's he's nuts. awesome Rocco's awesome. awesome but but yesterday the reason i brought that story up is you know in our last podcast we were talking about get the rule you know like quit penalizing people right? yeah yeah so at the Ridge, a track you're very familiar with, Rocco comes down on the last lap, day one on Saturday. He's leading by who knows what. He comes down on the last lap. I mean, he's just playing with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yellow yellow flag comes out right about the start-finish line. There's a yellow flag. What can't you do on a yellow? Pass. Can't pass somebody, right? Yeah. So as he's cruising down there, there's a lapper bike. There's a lapper that doesn't even take the chicane. The dude's like got a bike problem. He's so slow. Right, he's still got one more lap to finish. The race is still going. Yeah. But the lapper's all the way to the right of the track. And Rocco Landers just kind of coasts by him and then gets after it again. They penalize him. If you look at the results, they they took two spots from him. Was that race one? Race one. I believe they took two spots from him. Yeah, because it has him in third, but the difference, there's no, no time in the difference. Yeah, because he destroyed him in the first one, too. Yeah, and his his total time was five seconds less than the guy in first. <laughs> I think maybe I'm not reading that right. I don't know. No, it's it's five seconds more. He took That's, to his social media today, and... It's weird. He had an interesting... I don't have it in front of me, but he had a pretty interesting explanation today on there, basically calling him out, just saying, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I'm leading a race... Mm-hmm. There's a yellow flag, and there's a guy driving 10 miles an hour on the track. Am I supposed to slow down to 10 miles an hour and follow him for, you know, a quarter of the track until the yellows are cleared? The guy's off the track. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Didn't didn't agree with that call, but they made it, and it stuck. So today he came back and busted him by 11 seconds. <laughs> so the camera was hardly even on him. That's how far out he was. They were they were just pretending second and third was the race because yeah, I believe it. I mean, at that point, like I said, yeah, eleven seconds. You you can't. That's that's nuts. I mean, you look at it. They're running. Uh, let's see, best time is a one forty six with the slowest lap time being a one fifty six. So call it a one fifty one fifty one average. That's a I can't do that math, but yeah, it's like a quarter or more, a little less, I guess, yeah, of a lap. Out of the ridge has 15 turns, kind of, 16. I don't know. They So let's talk about the ridge for a second while we're here. Moto America was there. What we're doing. Well, yeah, but we get into Moto America. The chicane. Do you like it better without or with the chicane? I like it without. That chicane is scary. 
I've never used the word scary. I think it's got pretty good flow. I just don't like how short amount of time you have coming out of the last turn before you're in the chicane. So and the... and it does have scary. Yeah, I hate. <laughs> let me just get this out there. I hate when you go to a track day and they're like, hey, there's cones on the track. If you go past the cones, it's okay, but don't do it. And they're like, it's okay. It's fine. If you got to blow them, blow them. It's okay. We'd rather you blow them than be unsafe, but don't freaking blow the cones. But it's okay. It's okay. Don't blow the cones. You're like, so I will at the ridge, especially if we're running the chicane, I will high side, go over the front of my bike if I need to, just to not run those cones, right? It was the same thing in Arizona. Like they put these cone chicane up on the main straight. Invisible like, force field. Yeah, it's it's bad, right? Because I'm just like, don't freaking run the cones. How does anyone ever run these cones? Dude, I break a hundred feet back just to make sure I don't hit the cones. You got me black flag that day. At Arizona? Yeah. There's no way that was my fault. You blew the cones. I ran over the cones. Yeah, you ran over a cone. I was behind you, and then the black flag come out and was pointed, and I didn't know why. <laughs> it's probably so, pointed at me because the guy pulled in after me. He's like, hey, is your bike okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not leaking any oil. <laughs> he's like, well, that, that's not what I meant, but a lot of smoke came out. And I was like, oh, what? That's probably just because my tire left the ground and then came back down as I ran over a cone. He's like, yeah, just make sure you check it, man. I'm like, yeah, it's not leaking any oil. Don't leak. <laughs> if you're leaking oil, don't go do a track day. It's not. Just don't do it. I've never done that in America. <laughs> so, yeah, invisible force field. I noticed, though, they don't they do not do anything else with the chicane during your race, either. This is... I, this is I'm kind no, of they surprised. Don't. They, they just put two little cones out there. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't, like, put a cement in, in fact in the well in the super a cement wall i, <laughs> I like it from derby, derby track days you want me no. to not run the cones put a cement wall in my way i won't i won't run it <laughs> if i try so, i die you know so there was a guy i believe in the stock 1000 class mm -hmm. that went straight you know he was on, i'm on sure purpose. it happened more than huh on purpose yeah, well, he didn't quite commit to the chicane, and he was going to crash if he tried going through it. So he, so he went ahead and went straight. Gotcha. And then he just held back, made sure the other guy made it through. Looked back, made sure there was nobody else, so he didn't gain any positions, and right back on track, no penalty. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Bobby Fong blew through it twice. They disqualified him from the first race. He went through it That's twice, and they're like, "Dude, you, <laughs> you've got a problem. That's You're out of fair. here." I mean, so. I've never blown it uh, running it personally, mostly because I was so afraid of it, right? I, I would always break super early. Now, I would start to break super early, and then if I needed to pass some people, I would, and I would hold my braking. Like, I'd start to break and then, like, just kind of sit there and that hard break, right? Make my pass when I needed to. But I miss the non-chicane ridge. You asked me if I like the chicane, and now I've had a minute to think about it. I already said no. I'm going to reiterate no. But I, okay. I think I know why. Mm -hmm. So I think the chicane is a little bit sketchy because I don't I don't think TV even does it justice. But there is a lot of elevation at the ridge. Yeah. And uh -huh. my favorite corner there is turn one. Interesting. Okay. Turn one going up the hill into two and three. Mm -hmm. That's so fun to just when yeah. you figure that out and start flowing through it because it is it's blind coming over the top. It is fun. My favorite's definitely nine, but I see where you're coming from. So that being said, part of the fun of that corner is that you're just screaming down a straight and then there's like this 90 degree at the end of the straight. I mean, it's not a 90, but I mean, it's a big flowing corner that yeah. ends up making a 90 and you have to kind of cut back on it, you know, mm -hmm. to get set up for the next one. The fun is being at high speed and having to do that. That's, yeah, I mean, what I always liked about the ridge was you come flying down the straight, fifth gear. I could hit sixth if I wanted to, but I never did. I always just topped out fifth. That way I didn't break early. So I'd be fifth gear, holding steady, 15,000 RPM, and I'd hit turn one, downshift to fourth only, maybe third. And you can shed the rest of your speed in the turn, right? Because you hit turn one, and then it's another right two up into three, right? So right. you come into one, you go into two, and then you hit three coming around the, up over the hill. And once you learn that turn one will naturally shed speed, you can just, like, the amount of people in B group or even A, like C group, sorry, not A, C group, 
my first year, once I figured that out, you get to the end of the straight and everyone's like, oh, turn. And they're on the brakes and you're just like, <laughs> I'll brake later. It's fine. Because you know that that turn is going to shed so much speed off of there. You definitely lose that when you're in the chicane. Yes. And so speaking of elevation, the chicane goes uphill. Yep. The sh chicane mm -hmm. goes up the hill. And as you go through the loop, it's not straight into that first turn anymore. You're like coming yeah. down a hill to hit the bottom of the hill to crank it back up the hill. Yeah. Well, and the weird part is, do you go all the way out? And they never do in the race. I never did on a track day, but I always wondered, I'm like, you're supposed to use the whole racetrack. Why are we not going fast enough? But you just can't get enough speed coming out of the chicane to require the full use of the racetrack and actually like need to use it for the benefit, if that makes sense. I kind of get why they think the track needed something more for oh, big yeah. for big for big events or whatever. Uh-huh. But we're going to get into the results, but in that chicane, I sent you a text message after the first race and said, you know, some hay bells were hit. Straw. Some straw bells were hit. Straw bells. You call Ken and ask him what they were using. So, there's no way it wasn't straw. You don't use hay. Why not? No one's ever used hay. Hay's heavier. Ask me why, I don't know, but it's always been straw, and it's probably because of that. One, hay no, is food. Straw, not really. Straw is bedding, but straw is not worth as much money either. Right, exactly. One, cheaper. Two, bedding. So if I'm going to oh. crash a motorcycle, do I want to crash it into bedding, like a mattress, or french fries? Food, right? The mattress. <laughs> I eat straw. <laughs> That's a stretch, but I do believe, I'm not sure about this, but I do believe, I felt like the hay bells were pulled back about four straw. more feet. Straw. The straw bells were pulled back like two to four more feet from the first day. We're going to Correction Corner next week, and we're going to... It was straw. Straw. It's straw. Everybody, it's straw. Fine. Uh -huh. Yeah. But what I'm saying pull is back. they, were, pull, they were pulled back. It appeared Maybe. to me that they were pulled back a little bit in case they had that same incident again. Maybe it wouldn't have... So I'm, I'm going to challenge everyone that's listening, if you're listening or watching or whatever you might be doing, um, which we didn't mention. Let me go ahead and mention now, since we're so far in already. If you're on YouTube, you've made it this far and you're like, dude, I can't keep watching. I understand. I wouldn't be watching either. But <laughs> listening is a different story. Listen to a podcast while you're on your commute or you're doing chores at home or whatever. That's what podcasts are for. That's what we're here for. Maybe you're literally on the way to track day circus from Idaho and you need something to listen to. Here we are. We're available. Apple podcast, Amazon, Google, Deezer, Stitcher, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of them. We're there. Go check us out. Anyway, did you say iTunes? That's what Apple podcasts is. Okay, fine. It's the same thing. You're pretty argumentative today. I'm just always right. It's not an argument if you know you're right. Yeah, we've, we've established that. <laughs> what was I saying? So we're talking Strong. about the oh. non-hay non bells. Challenge everyone. Go watch the first race they did at the Ridge. I wrote it, and you wrote it, before the chicane even exists, or existed. They put that chicane in for Moto America, and then literally the first super bike race of moto america they come in and <laughs> go check it out it's on youtube it's available i'll link it down below so if you're on youtube go check it out if not get on youtube real quick click the link it's it's a good time you should watch it yeah that was an enjoyable day yeah somebody. <laughs> anyway. all right race one moto america medallion superbike let me pull it up race one i got it i have the results the important note of the day is qualifying josh heron qualified on the pole on the ducati warhorse ducati mm -hmm. pole, means, huh? pole means first place by the way that used to confuse me okay when i first started watching racing right you get like pole you get podium pole and podium if you qualify on the pole you took first place i just kids. want to get that out there kids what do you mean kids not all of our listeners are freaking race experts Fair enough. So it's not, it could be nice. Maybe someone was literally about to be like, I don't know what the frick this guy means by pole. And then I explained that and now they're sticking around. If you were to grow up in the 80s, you could have played the video game pole position and then you would know exactly what it was. I would have had to play video games, period. Moving on. Josh Heron. Josh Heron. Pole. Got the pole or 
a.k.a. gets to start from the lead. There you go. First position, first row. Yep. But I believe he set a lap record in doing that. Yep. What was that lap record? You got that pulled up? Oh, I don't. Let me grab it. I just want to compare that to, you know, my personal best. <laughs> it's probably only like 11 seconds difference. I don't know if he got a lap record. It says the lap record was by Jake Gagne last year at a 139.865 for motorcycles. Let's go here. We'll go to Superbike. Sorry, everyone. Qualifying two results. Josh Heron, a 139.863. Compare that to a 139.865. New lab record by two thousandths. Yeah, two thousandths of a second. He did, in fact, take it. It just hasn't been updated on Google yet. So I got it. So something important to note, Cameron Bobier has been away for a couple years, but before he left, he won the first two races at the Ridge. Mm -hmm. The first two medallia superbike races, that which is one weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, hang on, what? Yep. One one year, two races. Yep. Yeah. But he won those. He won those on a Yamaha. And then Mm -hmm. he went away. Jake Gagne has won everything since on a Yamaha as well. So six races going into this weekend, six races at the Ridge, medallia super Superbike, all won by Yamahas. Josh Heron gets the pull. We're set up. Come on, Josh. We can win this. We can change mm-hmm. this. We can make things great. Something to note about Josh Heron. Did you see his crash? In come on, Google that while I'm talking because you need to see that. In Josh Heron, after he set that lap record, had the pull, decided he needed to push for more on the next lap. So immediately after getting the lap record. He had a crash that was substantial. It's been a while since I've seen somebody go that far without a bike underneath them. And what's the big what's the big corner you like? The big six? Yep. Long he did, it. he did it coming out of six, going down the hill into seven. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did catch it. Because they played a, a little part of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he just, man. He, it was, yeah. <laughs> he went a long ways. Yeah. I'm glad the track was the track was set up properly because he did I'm grass the and dirt and there. then almost cement. Yep. There might have been a hay and a straw bell in that. <laughs> uh, he was making his own hay. That's how far yeah. he went. Well, it is kind of nuts because you come out of that turn, so it's a long carousel left, right? And then you go down a hill, which, again, like you said, TV doesn't do it justice. That hill's pretty significant. The first time I went, I was breaking down that hill. I later right. learned that you have to gas it down the hill if you want to make any sort of good time. Uh, but it's kind of scary going to that first right. But he lost it before he even really started his turn. I don't know where. I don't know if any cameras were really in the right position to fully pick that up. But, yeah. yeah. They got they got it pretty good coming off the bike, losing the front, and then just sliding forever. So I bring that up because... He still held on to the lap record and the pole, so he got to mm-hmm. start from the front. But we had a banged-up Josh Heron. Yeah. He was uh, having a hard time putting his suit on, I understand, to get out there on the bike. He said he was all right on the bike, but he was he was pretty beat up. So, Funny, kind of reminds me of a conversation we recently had. Come on, really? Oh, no, I'm just saying. Like, it's not just MotoGP either. Moto America riders are out there doing it, too. Yeah. I, when MotoGP was doing it, I caught myself thinking, like, man, I would never be able to do that. And I was like, I wonder if Moto America does that. And then I was watching Moto America, and I was like, Moto America does that. Got it. Yep, Josh Heron cares enough about his team, his bike, his points, whatever you want to call it, that he's willing to ride in not the best condition. Because, I mean, you saw him limping, too, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've got, like, 15 injuries I'm going to be racing with. I mean, That's fake news. It's basically the same level. You're the young one of this relationship. You can't come out and say you got injuries. Yeah, I got I got permanent injuries. So so Josh Heron starts banged up. First yep. race starts, and Cameron Bobier got kind of hung up. Josh got kind of a bad start. And Jake Gagne does what Jake Gagne does and goes to the lead. He gone. He's gone. Yep. Cameron Bobier, we have faith in Bobier. He pushes through, fights his way back up into second, and then proceeds to hunt him down. And that was exciting. So maybe I'm making something up here in my head, but it feels like to me, when I watch Cam Bobier, I can tell he has raced more than just Moto America. He has. Which, yeah, he spent two years in Moto 2, right? But I feel like I can see that in his racing. 
He's got like these weird kind of moves and these weird ways. You're like, that looks awfully European of you there. He he's come back from Moto Two better. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So he is on a BMW, which you know the superior bike of all bikes. When it comes to racing, BMWs haven't had a lot of success, right? Weird, superior what, bike of all bikes. What hmm. what Bobier do the first race back? One. Yeah, he won the race. Yeah, and the battle has ensued going forward. Yeah, what did he do on Saturday of this weekend? That's what I'm getting to. (laughs) Jake Gagne gets a run on him. It took a while for Cam to clear the field to get Mm -hmm. up into that second position. And then what did he do? He just tracked him down. He just tracked him down. He was going to have him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But he got a little ambitious, I think. He ran out of patience. Uh, He ran out of tire, right? So He ran out of tire. but He knew that Jake Gagne was on a a soft... uh, I don't know. I can't even make it yeah. up. I'm sorry. He knew that Jake Gagne likes to race on Saturdays when the weather is between whatever and whatever. Anyway. I think it was hotter Sunday. Yes. Bobier into the chicane we talked about. Mm-hmm. Lost the front with three laps to go. Um, three. Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. Lost the front. Bike slid. Hit the hay bales from the backside in the chicane. And knock some of the hay bales into the track. And Moto America opted to red flag the race because some of the hay bales had pushed their way into the track. Yep. Bringing this back. That's straw. why I think the straw, straw bells. Barrels. That's why I think the straw bells had been moved back a couple feet today for the Sunday race. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. In case that happened again. Yeah, I'd, I'd see that. It made me... I don't even know how to put it. Uh, kind of happy, kind of sad. I got high hopes for Cam Bobier this year. I like him. I think he's good. I think he's gonna he's gonna keep Jake Gagne in check, which should help Josh Heron, if that makes right. any sense, right? Kind of yeah. almost like we were talking about in MotoGP last week. Uh, if you can keep the guys in the front towards the back, then everyone at the back has a chance at the front, right? Same thing here. That being said, Moto America is a little different because you get out of your, outside of your top 10 and it's kind of just a whole different story. Uh, there's reasons for that. But I like Cambobia being in there and Josh Heron coming in at the same year because it kind of really shakes things up. You never know what you're going to get going into a weekend. I mean, Josh Heron won last week. Cambobia wrecks out randomly. Race one this week. And then what does he do? Race two? He comes back and wins it, right? So Why? Because BMW is a superior bike. Because Cambobier is a superior rider. It's um, the bike. It's all the bike. And the bike has literally nothing to do with it because the bike has been proven to not be that great. I actually like BMW. I don't know why you're always like making I know me you do. To be the enemy. Here. I asked Honda earlier to come back. Uh-huh. But I want to thank BMW for being there. I'm hoping the whole world is watching. Because look, BMWs can win races. BMWs can be competitive. World Unless Super they're against bike, a Ducati 84 ED, World Superbike <laughs> needs to get their act together and put them BMWs on the podium. They need Cambobier yeah, to probably. sub in. He doesn't want to be across the pond for good. He's a family man. He's a family man. He's an American family man. He wants to stay home and barbecue, hot dogs, hamburgers, all that stuff. Oh, that reminded me of a really funny meme. Anyway, I can't bring that up right now, but... What's your opinion on that? Because I heard the, the, the announcement. Meme I haven't yes. seen? No, the Cambobier, right? They said that if Cambobier was on a better package, we have no doubt that he would have done way better in Moto 2. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, Joe Roberts been over there for a minute. Hasn't impressed me. Cambobier, while he was out there, did he do amazing? No. But did he do that bad? Really? No. No, definitely not put forth an honest effort and the American racing team in Moto2 is not known for and that's why Joe Roberts left right he's like I haven't haven't shown my full capability and I need a better bike to do that and he left and did terrible what would Cam be able to do with a better package my opinion so the Moto American announcers like to make excuses for him because he's Cam Bobier he's our team we got to be we got to be nice to him right sure i honestly i did as a fan I disliked Cam Bobier when he went over there because I was sick of him winning every race. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same with Gagney right now. Yes. Yep. I didn't hate the guy or nothing. Don't get me wrong, but as a fan, I was rooting against him most times. When he went over there, I went full in. And that guy, like you said, just give me something to root for. That mm-hmm. guy could qualify. 
That guy could get a pole. When he came home, Dakota, oh, man, i never seen fans so excited. That guy, yeah. that was his home track, and he gave it his all. You know, he, he wrecked. <laughs> he wrecked giving so much, but he was up but there he wrecked, fighting. He wrecked out of what, like fifth or fourth? Uh, fourth, but that year yeah. he had led. He had been in second. He was leading again. He had traveled around in third yeah. for most of the race. I mean, he was competitive. It's one thing to wreck out or finish like bottom 10, bottom 15, bottom 20. It's another thing to be in fourth pushing and then wreck out. Like I can respect that. Absolutely. And yeah. it does make me believe that the package you're on, the bike you're on just doesn't quite have it, which I don't know. So you asked me a question and yep. I know the announcers are always trying to make excuses for Cam and you know, the results that he's seen over there. Mm -hmm. uh, that guy should do nothing but hold his head high, in my opinion. He didn't want to be there anymore. Fine. It's not for you. Fine. He gave it his all. I think the mistake that was made, and it's easy to say, but maybe not a mistake, but I wish the opportunity would have been there to just stick him on a MotoGP bike. It's not as far-fetched as it sounds because MotoGP always wants to get, you know, we talked in the last episode about Jake Dixon. Mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't fully deserve a MotoGP ride compared to some of the other bikes, but he's more likely to get one because of his nationality. And right. they don't even really make a secret of it. MotoGP exists because multiple countries are watching, rooting. So mm -hmm. they want they want all the big countries represented. They don't want it to just be the Spanish Ducati Cup. They want it to be Brits and people from Thailand and people from Turkey and people, they want everybody in there. Gives yep. everybody a reason to root for it. I believe that Cam Bobier is way better on a 1000 or a big bike with electronics than he was on that Moto2 bike. The Moto2 bike, he had to change his whole riding style. And he's done multiple interviews where he talks about it. I mean, he doesn't say he should have got a MotoGP ride. That never would come from him. But right. he does say he was way more comfortable on the Superbike before moving over there. And our Moto America Superbikes, they all run electronics. They're way closer to a world Superbike than they are to a Moto 2. Yeah, it would be, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough spot because they're big boys for sure, right? It's a thousand CC, full electronics, the full package, the furthest thing from stock you can possibly get while still looking as if it was the street bike, right? Right. They're allowed to change just about everything up there, I think. Moto GP is like, that's a different ball game. Those things don't even exist. They're not real, right? right? The, well, the electronics, the aerodynamics, the everything. But I will say that I'd 100% back you up. If you're used to riding a bike with electronics, you're going to be better on a bike with electronics. Whereas the Moto 2 is just an old bike, outdated at this point, if you will. Yeah, well, even, I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? But he fired his shot. I just, there's a part of me that really wishes we could have seen him in World Superbike. Yeah. Or something like that. I think he, he would have had a better shot. I mean, that first year was a learning year and he still had some bright spots, you know, in the first year. Mm -hmm. yep. Second year, you know, he was, now he knows the tracks. He was consistently better. Had a lot of problems crashing though. And he attributed a lot of that to not being familiar enough with a 600, losing the front unexpectedly, yep. no electronics. Yeah. Well, the one thing to look forward to is that he's back and he brought BMW up, if you will. I think Absolutely. brings it from a, all right, who's going to take third and fourth and from there on out into a, just watching him today, specifically Sunday, uh, Saturday, obviously he wrecked out, but it's, you could still say Saturday a little bit, but today specifically watching him watch Gagne and then make his move and then just be gone. I was like, that looks like a dude that has been across the pond, that has raced with other people, that has been on different tracks, right? Because up to this point, everyone in Moto America, for the most part, actually just about everyone now, this is where they've been, been on that big of a bike. He's gone and done the next level, down a level, but the next level. And I can tell you from from me personally, like we came back from Thunder Hill, I went back to the Ridge and I took turns completely different just from seeing them at Thunder Hill. And I've got to believe that that happens from a racing standpoint. Also, you know, you head across, you hit all the European tracks, you race with all these other guys and you pick up all that new knowledge and you've got to apply that. And I think I've seen that. So I haven't heard yet, but do you recall Jake Gagne? They went and raced one world Superbike race last year. I do remember that happening. And in my opinion, they weren't happy with the results, but in my opinion, and they were respectable for traveling across a pond and racing a bike because they, they took the bike over right yeah 
and and there's some different rules over there so they had mm-hmm. to modify their bike to match those rules and but that was the whole neutral safety switch thing was part of it if i remember right yeah, and a different transmission. Uh, I don't yep. think they have neutral. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, they do, I think. Uh, no, you have like a clutch engagement switch thing. Yeah. You I basically I... like turn your clutch on. I don't know. Basically, once you start racing, you turn off neutral. So you don't ever, I don't know if you've ever done this. I know I have all the time, but you're shifting between first and second, and you accidentally don't click up enough, and then you're redlining your bike in an intersection looking like an idiot, right? Because you're in neutral. They take that out of the question. It's just completely gone. So you have first through six neutrals at the bottom, and then you have a neutral disengagement. Whether or not that's like neutral actually existing or what, I don't know, but that's why it's there. I think... So we should get a poll going. Maybe we don't have that kind of poll. Mm-hmm. Different poll, but yeah, I think that Yamaha, the you know the fresh and lean boys, should get with them Tyler Cycle BMW boys and say, let's pool our resources together and let's go race a World Superbike race together. Maybe they get two or three riders to go over and they have just a an American contingent go over there and race one of those races. That'd be cool. That would be sweet. It'd be exciting to watch, right? Yeah. Or they should go race Jack. What, in Australia? Yeah. When he does the, what is that, the Australian Superbike ASBK. Yeah, I think so. Is it yeah. with Australian or is it with World when they go to Australia? No, he uh, Jack, the last two years, I think, has went and done the Australian Superbike race because that season lasts longer than MotoGP. Mm. Mm-hmm. Their winners are backwards from ours. So yeah, weird. He goes, he goes upside down, too. He goes and races that uh, it's Caterpillar. He used to do the Caterpillar-sponsored Ducati Panigale. Yeah. So I don't know what he's doing this year because... Yeah, I was actually about to ask you if you knew. But apparently that's his own race team. So, I mean, they own the... He basically hired like a pit crew and all that stuff for that race. Hmm. Okay. Probably friends, family, and whatever, but he probably still owns that bike. So it'll be a matter of whether KTM has a problem with him racing a Panigale. Yeah. I hope they don't. I don't know why they would. Who cares? No, they don't sell one. So yeah. Oh, they get the RC eight. Can't race. Kind of. Well, maybe he'll have one of those. Who knows? The race two though, had a different result. Mm-hmm. Race two, race two had the result that race one was supposed to have. I agree. Cameron Bobier wins. Jay Gagne second. Josh Heron third. Yep. That's how the first race was shaping up to be before the uh, straw bell incident. Straw. Let's show you straw. So the, so do you got the championship pulled up? Do you have points or do you have? To... Uh, I can. Let's see. Maybe. Nope. Because you got to pull up a PDF. Hang on. Hang on. So. Hang on. Competitor info. <laughs> oh my goodness. Results. I don't want, I just want the full, nope, I don't have it pulled up, but it was 111.99, Jake Gagne in first, Cam Bobier, Josh Heron below that, 80-something, yeah, I think. So, unfortunately, like you said, we want Cam to do good, not because yep. we're rooting against Gagne per se, but because we keep it close, keep it exciting, yep. keep pushing each other. And that was the biggest reason I felt bad when, Cam put that down. Yeah. Because the last Moto America race, Jake Gagne's bike blew up in the Saturday race. That got Cam right back in there. In fact, he took the points lead. And then Sunday, it kind of reset things, right? It put them close together again. And then Mm -hmm. Sunday, Cam had a bike failure. Yep. So flipped it right back to where it was again. I don't know. It's a good season. I'm still excited. It's been good. I love having Cam back in there, Josh up there. It's given Gagne something to actually have to work for, which is nice to see. And you haven't mentioned it, so I don't know if you noticed, but did you see that after the last race, one of the riders just said, I'm done? Elias? Yeah. Yeah. That was after after Atlanta, not Road America. He announced it while we were down there. Has it been two races ago? Yeah, he announced it at the beginning of the race. Or like the beginning of the weekend, he's like, hey, by the way, this is my last race. Because I was a little, the wife and I had a conversation about whether or not they should have just let him take the win. Because he was pretty close anyway. You know, let him win his last race. And I was like, a big part of me? Absolutely freaking not. It's a race. If you don't do that, the winner wins. 
another small part of me is like, I could see that argument. I could, you know, from a respect level, let, let him win his last race in Moto America at his home track, his favorite track, whatever. I can see it. Well, I still, from, I'm still a hundred percent on the side of no. I say no. And let me tell you why my, my argument would change if it was the last race of the year. And he announced that he was done after the year. And the championship was pretty much already decided. Yeah, that that changes my opinion a little bit. But he committed to a team mm -hmm. and then decided it wasn't for him anymore. Yeah. I question, and he may have been completely upfront with the team and said, we're going to try this for a while. If it's not working out, I'm done. They, right. they may have fully known that, but it was kind of just like, and I'm out. Deuces. Good luck. Have fun. Thanks for letting me ride your bike. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily love that because there's a lot of there's a lot more people involved than just the rider. I also yeah. get you need to be fully committed to be racing at that level. Putting your life on the line and everything else. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. When when my wife mentioned that, she's like, Well, why didn't why didn't they let him win? I just thought back to Rossi in Italy in his final year. He took like tenth. And part of me was like, Man, why didn't they as a MotoGP group say, Hey Rossi, you've done so much. We'll we'll let you take it. You know, we'll do the racing behind you. And then the other part of me is like, no, he he wasn't that good anymore. You're not going to, it's a race. Do your parade lap after and everyone praise him. Let him sit in winner's circle, whatever, who cares. But the points for the championships still matter. So. He got enough. I don't, yeah. we, you know, we're not here to talk about MotoGP, but a couple things we missed. Did you see, did you see the interview? Well, you know, on the app, they always do that thing where they're watching the replays from the race and they're mm -hmm. cooling down talking. Did you yep. Did you listen to those guys? No, nah, I didn't catch it. Uh, Bazzetti said, I did better on a soft tire yesterday or a medium tire, and I went hard for that for the race. Mm -hmm. You know, Remember, beat him in the sprint, Peco, but then obviously yep. did not in the race. Yep. Yep. So he said, I, I chose to go with that. I wish I wouldn't have. And Peko's like, yeah, me too. And he said, yeah, because if I would have picked the same tires yesterday, I would have effed you up again. <laughs> <laughs> and those guys are good buddies, right? But yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait. That's why the biggest reason I want that championship to tighten up is because friends or no friends, Peko's got, you know, you call him the robot all the time, but he's got this, uh, he is the king. You need to know that. Mm -hmm. And as long as he ain't being pressured, he seems friendly. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be friends with everybody when you're on top. Oh yeah, no, this the last weekend, this past weekend, whatever you want to call it, they caught him in the pits a couple times, being like upset with the team. Yep. And I was just kind of like, uh huh, the robot turns into a guy with emotions. Weird. <laughs> so. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's a side note. All right. Well, I think that closes us up for this week. Where's Moto America going now? Ooh. The good old, the classic, the one, the only, Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. The one, the only. I want to go. I'm going to go at some point, maybe next year. I just I only want to know how close the corkscrew Laguna is to the ridge. Because they say that the ridge is built off of the one at Laguna Seca. So. On a smaller scale, though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's iconic. How can you not want to ride Laguna Seca, you know? I don't want to. Freaking California. And with that, have a great day. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming. All right. We'll be back. Got a, got a lot of good things coming up. Yep. Keep an eye on the channel. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. that goes on your <laughs> are you done yeah i'm good to go okay let's start this for real well i was interested in the camera there used to be a helmet camera mm -hmm. i think i showed it to you before that like went inside your visor okay it went inside so when you popped your thing down it looked through your rather than having a gopro mounted to the outside or a chin mount or most of those yes, things sir. are illegal at the track what? Yeah, you're not you're not supposed to have something protruding off of your helmet. Oh.
That's what like everyone does. They always get this stupid like unicorn. Hello. Well, definitely, definitely not during a race. But well, yeah, okay. But they say it's dangerous if you crash and your GoPro drags in the rocks and rips your head off or whatever, whatever. Why are we on so many safety segments all the time? I anymore? don't know. You're the one that brought that part up. But a 3M tape vice neck bones. I'm gonna choose neck bones all day. <laughs> The the visor camera, yeah. It, I think it was called Cambox, but if you look it on YouTube or whatever, the reviews were like terrible, mm-hmm. and I think they gave away a bunch of them in the beginning so that mm-hmm. YouTubers could review them. And now I can't even find them, so it must have been a flop. It makes sense. That reminds me of a Scully. I think they made the like smart motorcycle helmet. It was supposed to have a heads up display and all this. Yeah, a dime. Yeah, and then this they, is not. <laughs> they never actually even took off. Yeah, this is not like that. But well, anyway, I'm just we, trying uh, to get a camera so so I can watch Anthony take off on the start, and then uh-huh. as he leaves, I can and you know analyze it and see what I can do better next round. That'd be I gotta get one of them. I gotta get one of them high focus cameras so I can see way up there. Is he on a ZX10? Yeah. So, well. I think so. It'll be interesting. It'll be real interesting. Should we roll the intro? No, not until you tell us what episode we're on. Oh. Episode 14. No, not sixth position, just sixth gear. 